Pace Podcast. Weird. What's that? Uh, just a little extra little thing I added. It's kind of freaking me out a little bit. Well, it's the Monday episode of Weird. Monday. Monday. I'm Aaron Lindsay. Welcome to the Monday episode of Weird. Episode 178. Coming at you. Your ya. mom is so going to kill me. This one is in 3D, Craig. So it's one of the special episodes. Did you Put say tres de? Put on your glasses now. Wow, this is so real. It looks like I'm sitting right here across from you, doesn't it? Unfortunately, yes. Well, I'm glad that I'm sitting across from you because you know what time it is? Time for me to lose another game. We're going to give something away. Ooh, it's a good prize today, too. Yeah, it is. Do you want me to tell them what it is? Go ahead. Tell them what it is while the music is playing. It's a Bluetooth shower speaker. It's the IPX4 splash-proof technology speaker. I said that wrong. Anyway, <laughs> it's got Bluetooth, the four-hour battery life. It's from BlackWeb, which seems rather wraithed to me. Wraithed? 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 It's from the BlackWeb. That's really cool, too. You can answer your phone in the shower with that thing. Why would I? Well, you know, in the shower. I told you. Hey, you can stop that music now. No, it's still going. Okay. I told you I've got one of those cool uh, Kohler uh, somebody gave me. Yeah. It's got the Bluetooth speaker. Yeah. It's a shower head. Nice. So the shower head sprays the water around the outside, and then in the center, it's a magnet, and you just like stick the speaker in there. It just sticks there with the magnet. How cool. Well, this one's got a suction cup comes with it, and a, and a little loop thing. You can hang it over the shower It does head. have a little loop thing. Anyway, you really dabbled in the black web. If Craig does not guess our song tonight, which he very well might, I guarantee you, you've heard the song. Everybody, I've heard all the songs on Earth never... has heard this song. Okay, now, that's a pretty good hint right there. It's a big popular thing. But anyway, okay, okay. here we go. You've here we got go. twenty seconds, Craig. Okay, to name and as the listener, you should hope that I keep losing because yes. you have a chance of winning if I lose. And yes. it's not really, it's I'm not really good at winning. So here we go. All right, here we go. Twenty seconds starting now. I mean, the words are starting already. I don't know what that is. All right, we'll give it a minute. You'll get it here. Gangnam Style. Only when that dude's singing it. Well, this is this is the same song. I would not know that song. How could you? I, I knew it. Cause you picked it out. <laughs> All right, 
Ready? I love it. Yeah, get his series Gund- ready. Gundam style. Womp, womp, I would not have womp. known that. I, I, there's no way. Okay, the other ones you can blame me for being stupid. How can you not know Gundam style? It was the biggest song of like two years ago. Because I'm in my 50s and I don't care. I'm in my 50s? We're the same yeah, age. No, I we're know. Not. Yes, we are. Yeah. I, I know Gundam style. You were out doing well. a Macarena like two, two weeks before I was. <laughs> All right, one through sixty nine. Here we go again. Sixty nine. Oh, you had yeah. somebody earlier or something? Uh, that was the number last time. Channel improved. Remember? Oh, that's right. Ready? Hey Siri, baby, <laughs> give me a random number between baby one. Is the more or oh, she wants to tell me what baby means. <laughs> hey baby, baby, shh, shh, be quiet. <laughs> hey Siri, give me a random number between one and sixty nine. Random number between 1 and 69 is 8. Number 8. Why do I keep having to start over? That's the person? That's the person that won the shower speaker. Number 8. Why do I keep having to start over? Why Why do you keep starting over? What's the person's name? <laughs> That's it. What is it? Why do I keep having to Stop. start over? Stop. I just want to know what the person's name is. <laughs> That's it. No, what is? I'm not saying it again. Anyway, why do I keep having to start over? You have won shower speaker. So contact us at uh, weirdnewspodcast.com. You're going to have to contact us within a week, let's say. Absolutely, yeah. For a week, you got one week from the time of this podcast. And that's fair. We can't keep stacking this stuff up at the house. No. But anyway, uh, you can go to our Facebook page. We don't and want it, What? Well, we, we can't stack this stuff up because it gets in the way of the money we're stacking. <laughs> Whatever. Uh, you can contact us on Facebook or you can go to our website at weirdnewspodcast.com. Leave us a message or you can just leave us a message, <laughs> email us, whatever you want to do. Anyway, let us know your name and address and get ready for the speaker. Congratulations. Why do I keep having to start over? I don't know. I wish you would stop. <laughs> All right, Craig, you ready for this? This one hits close to home. I'm ready. Yeah. I said, um, this is really close to home. This is a local story. Amazon charges couple more than $1,000 to ship paper plates. And this happened just down the street in Gallatin, Tennessee. Yeah. This is so local. There was a video on the page and it was channel four, five. Oh, Channel 5. Yeah, it was WTVF. Yeah. You want me to read the story or you want to make up stuff? I'll make up stuff. All Gallatin, Tennessee. Lori Galloway said she does a lot of shipping, rather shopping. <laughs> shopping shipping. Amazon does the shipping. Yeah, right. She does a lot of shipping of the shopping stuff on Amazon. She's a Prime member. That's kind of full of herself. <laughs> I'm a Prime member. She told WTVF, I don't order anything unless it's free shipping. Just before Christmas, Galloway bought some plates. Then her husband, Bob Galloway, you know Bobby. Oh, Bob Galloway down at Gallatin. Bobby Galloway. He got the bill. He sent me a text, Lori Galloway recalled. What did you order on Amazon? (laughs) And I'm like, what? He said, our bill is a thousand and something dollars. Now these plates she bought were not the kind you keep in a china cabinet. These were paper plates, a hundred of them. Just a hundred paper plates. Lori Galloway said she thought she was getting for what uh, Lori Galloway said she thought, I think it's what she was getting for $24 with free shipping. It turns out the plates were $24. Okay. Each. Well, that's, that's, apparently. Yeah. Uh, No. That's good price for plates. Actually, maybe not. That's 24 cents Let's explore this because again, bad journalism. The plates uh, we're not the kind you put in the china cabinet. We got that part. Right. These were paper plates. We got that part. And there were a hundred of them. Right. She said she thought she was getting them for $24 with free shipping. It yep. turns out the plates were $24. That's a good price. But there for was a thousand dollars and 80. I'm sorry. A thousand eighty dollars 
shipping charge, Bob Galloway explained. I mean, that's just crazy for paper plates. <laughs> and her husband added, I really thought it was some clerical error. The Galloways repeatedly tried contacting the seller and got no response. Sorry, Amazon's not home right now. <laughs> so they called the Amazon about the charge. No. Wait, who answered? It was Amazon. Oh, it was Siri. <laughs> See, no, Hello. not Siri. No, not, not Siri. Not Siri. Uh, uh, it was Alexa. Alexa answered. Hello. Thanks for calling Amazon. <laughs> We're not home. This is Alexa. I'm sorry. I can't look up that right now. <laughs> I'm closed. <laughs> yeah, I need to get a return. Sorry, I don't understand return. <laughs> So, let's see. The reaction from customer service representative Amazon was, wow, that's ridiculous, Bob Galloway said. Why do they refer to Bob as Bob Galloway every time they say his name? Bob Galloway. Bob Galloway. Because, you know, he spells his first name backwards. Did you notice yeah, that? Yeah, I noticed it's that. It's kind of weird. Yeah, he's, he's, he's progressive like yeah. that. So, these plates were coming from somewhere halfway, halfway around the world. No, according to the paperwork, they were shipped uh, by UPS from Atlanta. Uh, $1,080. Shipping. Amazon charge. eventually agreed to open an investigation. Well, thanks, Amazon, for going out of your way. <laughs> and the company told Lori Galloway they determined she was not overcharged for the transaction. How could she not be overcharged? Well, according to Amazon, the seller said they'd sent the plates with expedite service that Lori Galloway had selected that option when she placed her order and it agreed to the $1,000 uh, of the shipping fee, something Galloway insists is not true. Okay, I... In what world would a hundred plates? It's a hundred, right? A hundred paper plates. Yes. In what world would a hundred paper plates, even FedExed overnight, it's be a thousand dollars? What this is, it was a third market seller on Amazon. It was a scam. It's exactly what it was—a scam. The store that she bought them from is has vanished. Obviously, I'm sure. She's, but for a thousand, how Amazon said that that wasn't that that she wasn't taken. For a thousand eighty, I would walk them here from Atlanta in twenty four hours right, for a thousand. Right, bucks. you could put them in a balloon with your friend Edgar and uh, his Edgar friends. Po, yeah, yeah. <laughs> if it would have said a thousand and something dollars, I would have noticed that. She said when she's saying when she went to order it. Lori Galloway said she's now reconsidering where she shops. The Galloways spent the last couple of months disputing the shipping charge with their credit card company. Finally, just the other day, they got word that shipping would be refunded. Well, I would certainly hope so. Yeah, but it took them long Shame enough. on you, Amazon. Absolutely. You should. Amazon should be able to recognize. You better recognize. They, better rec- they should be able to recognize when something's clearly a scam that is hurting one of their fine customers. Yeah. Especially a prime customer who pays a hundred and something dollars a year. Yeah, 115 now. Or one twenty, you know, going up to one forty or something. I think it's, next year. Well, it's worth it. Maybe it's, it's still we worth buy. It. We buy it for me. Nope. Uh, you said, no it was, but you said it was worth it. I don't have my discount anymore. Yeah, you up and left. <laughs> I took off. I said, "Ting, I'm out." I Amazoned out of there. Headline is: Drunk man breaks into Taco Bell to eat empty Doritos taco shells. I can't blame him. I mean, no. if, if you don't know how to make the other no. stuff, you know, I'd probably be searching for though. What? Some sour cream and some cheese and some stuff to put lettuce. on lettuce, lettuce, anything yeah. to get close to it. Because I ain't gonna make beef. Oh, I'll tell I, you, those, I wouldn't know how to cook those Doritos tacos. Man, they're amazing. I, I could live off. Of Why those. haven't we thought of taking the nacho cheese? That's dur- nacho cheese. It is my cheese. <laughs> What if? Why haven't we thought of taking nacho cheese Doritos at home, putting them on a plate, and making delicious nachos out of them? You know, that's not a bad idea. That's a great idea. I say we try it at your house after the show tonight. I don't have any. Well, there's a Kroger right there. Oh, yeah. You I can, can almost buy me see it from here. You can buy me some for my birthday. I Go just told you I left work. 
That's right. You have no work. There is no work to be found here. A 22-year-old man confessed to breaking into a Southern California Taco Bell because he was drunk and hungry, police said. Jose Cruz. Oh, Jose. I've got all his albums. Hey, Jose. Cruz showed up at the Pasadena police station, allegedly admitted to the early Saturday morning break-in. He had orange stuff all over his face. Yeah, I, I didn't know. He's like, I didn't eat them. <laughs> Lieutenant Pete, Pete Hetima said. Hetima? The man matched the description given by a witness who called to report the fast food burglary. Always somebody's got to ruin it. Somebody turned him in for eating taco shells. According to reports, Cruz said he broke into the Tex-Mex chain. That's a stretch. Yeah, it really is. Because he was drunk and had a craving for Doritos Locos taco shells. Well, he was loco for them. Not the tacos, the shells. No, but he was loco for them. Yeah, he was. And and calling uh, Taco Bell Tex-Mex might work if you were at one in Texas. That's the only time. That's the only time. He said he was drunk and hungry and broke into the business to eat taco shells. That's no excuse. That's no excuse. He could have just stolen a bag. I'm not saying he should have, but he could have stolen a bag of chips Absolutely. Of, of, of Doritos. Have you tried the Doritos Fiery in the purple bag? Don't recall. I've got the sweet chili ones or whatever. Those no, are these, these are, I'm not a big fan. They are really hot, but I, I did not like the flavor. But they're not Carolina ghost pepper. No, they're not. I'm sure. Lutina Hatima. Reaper. I'm sorry. Reaper. Said it appeared 10 Doritos taco shells were taken from the counter, but it was unknown how many of the man ate. Wait a minute. Can we discuss why were they on the counter? Yeah, maybe. I don't know. They were taken from the counter. Yeah. Is that where you're supposed to put them? <laughs> That's not where you store them, man. No. Some of the shells were left crumbled on the floor. The San Gabriel Valley Tribune reported. I'll tell you what. Now I'm thinking about it. Yeah. I could crush some tacos right now. Goodness gracious. I'm starving. Just thinking about it. I love those Doritos tacos. They're pretty proud of them, though. They're not as cheap as, like, the regular yeah. tacos. But I got to get the Supreme, too. It's got to have the sour cream. It's got to be to the hilt. But you get that little extra sleeve with those, too, yeah. so you don't yeah. get all dusty. You, could, you don't want a dusty taco. <laughs> no. <laughs> so this next story, I got to I gotta be careful with this one. Boy, this is the one I sent you the video of yeah, earlier and you, this week. And, and, I want, and I want to confess that you said, I'm not sure we can do the story. And I said, we're professionals. We can manage. Right. So I'm going to it take... It grossed me out so much, I didn't know whether I wanted to see it again. I am going to, if you will allow me to go through carefully, I'm, going, careful. to, I'm going to navigate the story as carefully as possible. Okay. Would you please give me what I'm looking for? Talk about a fecal surprise. <laughs> fecal surprise. Eyes, eyes. Here we go. Go ahead. Woman detained after feces flinging incident at Langley Tim Hortons. Now, Tim Hortons is a restaurant chain. Is They're, it a fancy restaurant or I, not? No, I, I think it's the same company that now owns Burger King. I think I don't know what Tim Hortons. I got Canadian friends who could tell us about this. Okay, uh, Tim Hortons. We're going to call a restaurant because I don't really remember what it is, but it's like a restaurant. It is a restaurant. It's a restaurant. Yeah. Yes. Here we go. Go ahead. Carefully navigating the ocean on this one. <clears throat> a woman could be facing could be should be <laughs> facing charges after an irate confrontation at a Langley Tim Hortons Monday ended in feces being thrown at staff. <laughs> now there's video on Wednesday surveillance video. Thank goodness had no sound <laughs> showing Tim Hortons staff being harassed was posted on live leak and YouTube. In the video, which has no sound, a woman can be seen screaming at staff. Well, there's no sound. We don't know. She well, may have you just see her, You it. see her screaming. Yeah. You see her screaming. 
Ladies and gentlemen, I, I just got to tell you, <clears throat> this next line's not going to be pretty for anybody, but I'm just going to go ahead and say it the way it's written, okay? <laughs> She's screaming at staff before squatting on the floor and relieving herself. No, 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 it gets worse. <laughs> she then picks up the excrement and throws it like a monkey <laughs> at staff. We're talking this woman probably could go up against that monkey in the cage. We have, Remember the monkey bonus bit? Yes, I do. This woman... She, had, early she, days. she should really go to the major leagues. It's, she had a pitching arm. I'm telling you, it was disgusting. And I think you said, you responded to the uh, to the text I sent you the video in by saying, they're just going to have to burn the place down. <laughs> yeah, and I also said my jaw hung open for five minutes after watching it. Yes. But here's the thing. They're going to have to burn the place down. And I'm going to tell you why. I wouldn't eat there. It's a, it's a food place. Forget the fact she needs to wash her hands. Her hands are filthy now. But I also think she might need a little extra fiber in her diet. She seems like she needs a little fiber. But uh, but we're not here for medical advice. But we say she might need a little fiber. A little Metamucil is never going to hurt. Uh, so so um, she throws this. Although the production was awfully quick. It was very quick. So she sends she sends this flying, right? Good gracious. We have no idea what it hit along the way. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> no, we do not. It might be an event fan, something like a oh. fan. It could be in the fryer. I don't it, recommend looking at the video, by the way. It could be, you know, on the cash register. Oh, I think it was. The buttons of the cash register. I think it ricocheted off a couple things. It could be in the crevices and, and places where they cook food. I really think that if you really re- if you really look at this and reflect, you, you can agree with me that they just need to burn the place to the ground and start over. I would say probably burn it to the ground burn the ground <laughs> dig it up dig and burn it, it again <laughs> dig it up burn it again maybe set off some dynamite um i would just maybe put like a rocket ship over the top of it to oh really my gosh pour lava in it and then start back over all over again yes um anyway go ahead let's get through this Langley RCMP Corporal Holly Largy 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 confirmed that RCMP received a complaint. She said the woman was detained and released. But what? no, they needed to lock her up. Like, but no she'll bail. attend a court at a later date. The BC, that's British Columbia, I guess. Yeah, Prosecution Service will review the circumstances and determine if charges will be laid. What? The Tim Hortons employee had apparently denied the woman Charges access to... Charges will be laid. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> uh, the Tim... More like late. Tim Hortons employee had apparently denied the woman access to the restroom. Well... Our current understanding is that the team member used their discretion in this case and denied access to this guest based on past behavior and of concern for the immediate safety of the team. What was misplaced? So guys. She's, she's been in here. They've allowed her to use the restroom before, but something happened. Yeah, where something. She had her restroom privileges revoked. Right. As matters escalated, the team member contacted local authorities for assistance, Tim Horton st- uh, said in a statement. The company says they are working with the franchise owner and will be looking into this matter uh, further. We are deeply concerned by this video as the safety of our team members and guests is always top priority for us in limited cases across the country. Restaurants have a restricted access policy for restrooms to ensure the well-being of our guests, the statement said. So why don't you just pull a Starbucks and just say anybody wants to come in now? Yeah, why not? I mean, I wonder if they're going to get sued. Doubt it. 
Okay. Whew, I'm glad we do that. Let's go from Tim Hortons to KFC. Headline is, irate KFC customer throws credit card machines at staff. And again, there's video of this as well, and she really chucks this thing. You know the thing you you, you stick your card in with yeah. the chip? They're, they're chunky little things. She really, I mean, throws she threw it. threw the machine. A woman was arrested Friday night after verbally and physically assaulting staff during a drunken tantrum at a KFC restaurant. And oh, you know where this was, Craig? Where? Oh no! Oh, I had to. I had to look twice, make sure it was in Austria. Yeah, we do have to be careful now. You have a problem with that? He said that's not a credit card machine. He was aggravated. He's had enough of this. Don't poke her with a snake. The unidentified woman was recorded by another customer, Andrew Moskoskus of the Adelaide KFC around Adelaide. Nine, that's what I said. Moskoska said the woman was trying to pay for the order via bank transfer because she did not have cash or card on hand. I didn't know you could do that. Maybe you can only do that in Australia. Maybe. Then she got very aggravated and started screaming and yelling, said the man. In the recording, the woman is seen picking up the credit card machine and whipping them at KFC employees and at the menu monitors, one of which she hits, all while screaming curse words and insults. Wow. That almost got you, the woman says, after one of the machines seemingly comes close to a staff member. She's like, here I go. What is she, uh, the guy from Andy Griffith, Throwing the Rocks? <laughs> yes. What's his name? Ernest T. Bass? After the video stops, Muskaskis told news, news.com.au that the woman grabbed a 24-pack of 7-Up cans that were on the counter. Remember, not to put 7-Up in the package we send to Adam, because we see they've already got that over Adam, in Australia. Adam, you are going to get the package out. 7-Up cans that were on the counter and threw those as well. Then two guys came. They said that they were from the cro- the store across the road. They both pinned her down until four or five police on horses came and put her in the cuffs. I thought the police rode alligator, no crocodiles in Australia. That's what I thought. No, they, apparently they were on horses this time. There was no calming her down. She was psychotic. According to News Hub, KFC employees fled to the kitchen and placed the call to police. When police arrived and arrested the young woman, she allegedly spat at the officers. <laughs> Thank you for the sound effect. <laughs> the woman was reportedly charged with disorderly conduct, property damage, two counts of assault, and two aggravated counts of assaulting police. No one was injured during the woman's drunken rampage. Don't they bolt those machines down? Not in Australia. Later, the woman took to social media to apologize. Alcohol is a drug, and it's it's time for me to make a change and to go back to the gentle girl that was once me. She shared on her Facebook page. Jail time sort of changes you, doesn't it? According to the publication. Life hasn't been an easy one, and we all make mistakes. Nows? Nows? (laughs) It says nows. nows. My opportunity to turn it around and make... Oh, now's my opportunity to turn it around and make the best life and the best me I can. Please don't send me to prison, mates. Yeah, because I not can't, a jail. I can't have a knife. That's not a knife. Hey, yeah. Naked man blames nudity on snake bites. Oh, good grief. Hang on. Watch out. Oh, the snake. Oh, we got lots of theme songs this week. Freaky. He said, Freaky. The snake. Oh, man. Well, I like just stops. Yeah. It's free. Your production value just blows my mind. <laughs> Snakes in his pants. Snakes in his pants. That's how a Greenwood man explained to police why he was running naked down the street Saturday. You know, if I had snakes in my pants, I'd I'd strip too. I'd please don't don't put that in our heads. Norman Keith 
Whiteman. That's he's racist. A, he's a white man. 56 of 107 Lupo Drive. In case you want to send him a letter. Right. Greenwood was arrested Saturday and charged with indecent exposure. A Greenwood police officer found a man running naked at about 4.20 a.m. Oh, Saturday yeah. along West Kirksey Drive near Lyman Avenue, the report said. The man told officers he had been looking for snakes earlier and there were snakes in his pants. <laughs> When the snakes began biting him, he undressed on the side of the road in plain view of motorist at who's up at four thirty and took <laughs> off running weirdos. and took off running away from the snakes, he told police. An officer found the man's pants on South Main Street, the report said, but found no other clothing. Well, were there snakes in the pants? Well they slithered off probably. The officer wrote I'm sorry. The officer who wrote the report did not did not mention seeing snakes at the scene. The man appeared to be under the influence of drugs. Salts. Absolutely. Uh, the report said he denied taking any drugs or alcohol and asked to go to the hospital, but would not explain why he wanted to go. You know, a lot of the illegal drugs force nudity. Have you noticed that? Look at Randy Travis and the pleasant video that he that they. Oh released. my gosh! What a horrible video! <laughs> Poor guy. He's a mess now. <laughs> well, he said he was going to pray for one of the officers. Something. He's talking people dying and everything. Their hair to fall out, or ah, it was he, ridiculous. He was messed up. Man, it was terrible. Sad. Sad story. Yeah. Well, sadder now if he's the shape he's in. Now. Oh, it's bad. Bless his heart. It's bad. It's bad. Headline is, Michigan woman fired after baking laxative laced brownies for colleague send-off. You know, I think I'd still eat them. <laughs> not, not. What? Saline, Michigan. You At your to- age, you probably need them. <laughs> We are the same age. No, we're not. Craig. No. We're both 51. We've, both, not, we've I, both only been 51 this month. Yeah, you were 51 before me. We're both May 51s. That's all that matters. No, we're it's not. We're the same age. You were out of the womb running around Look, the planet we've before We've been over me. this. I was not running when you were born. I was still lying. And you were just as tall. Saline, Michigan. A Michigan engineer. Is that where they company. make the stuff for your contacts? Yes, it is. Or for the implants? Yeah, it's right next to Saltine, Michigan, where they make the crackers. Ooh. What about Sardine, Michigan? That's on the other side. All That's right. a little to the west. That's near Lake Michigan. A Michigan engineering company employee has been fired after police determined she baked laxatives into brownies, intending for the departing uh, for a departing colleague send-off. Saline Police Chief Jared Hart says officers confiscated the tainted confections on May 3rd. Hey, that's Bruce Hall's birthday. Do you think they were? Think they were like, hey, hey, uh, what's her what's her name? Does her name? Her name is uh, uh, no. They don't. No, Listen, they do not. We'll call her Julie. Hey, Julie, you brought the you brought the brownies I see today for the send off. Are these the fancy ones or the regular ones? She goes most definitely regular. <laughs> Very regular. I had to work for that. Yeah, you. Yeah, okay. Anyway. Jared Hart says officers confiscated the tainted confessions May 3rd after another employee tipped off management. No one ate the brownies, Craig. So there was something that, that gave it away. Hart says the 47-year-old woman initially denied putting laxative, laxatives in the brownies, but after learning investigators would test them, <laughs> they're going to feed one to the rookies and watch yeah. and see what happens, she admitted she had. Her name has not been released. Other employees told police there had been tension between the woman and the departing employee, but specifics hadn't been released. Hart says the woman faces no charges. But what? If, yeah. But if anyone had eaten the brownies, it could have oh, been considered man. a criminal act. What happens if, you put, if, they, if she made them with weed and laxatives? Oh, my gosh. The person would just keep eating. I mean, it would be terrible. It would be an ugly thing. Do you scene. remember Barney Miller when uh, they confiscated the marijuana brownies? Oh, vaguely. I love that show. <laughs> the, oh, it was a great show. Great show. The Asian cop. Uh, yeah. Oh, uh, 
blanking on his name. He made horrible coffee. <laughs> he kept eating the brownies. He said, I can't stop eating them. <laughs> I gotta watch that show again. He, he was really, really mellow. And now a weird moment from history. I'm gonna be honest with you. I'm gonna yawn my way through this. This is a no. lot. To, it's a lot to read. This is a long story, but we've only we've kept it short up until now for this because I'm so excited. So that, I'm gonna wait right here for one second while everybody goes to the bathroom. What they eat those brownies? No, they're gonna have to go to the bathroom. They're gonna come back a few more minutes to, to come back. <laughs> yeah, no, they're fast acting. They've got to come back and uh, and listen to the story. So let's just wait a second. Let me go. Go ahead, go. Give me play a little music. Yeah. All right. Okay, that should be good. Okay. Okay, they're back from the bathroom now because this is a long story. Ready? Hijacking a flight three hundred five by DB Cooper case closed no way i think it should say case closed question mark because, it should, because of exclamation point. there are two different theories out there who this person is these guys seem to think they've got the real guy yeah this comes to us from strangehistory.org yes on the afternoon of november 4th 1971 a man identifying himself as dan cooper purchased a one-way ticket from portland oregon to seattle washington he boarded northwest airlines flight 305 a boeing 727 carrying a briefcase and wearing a, sh- a suit with a black overcoat Cooper took a seat in the rear of the plane. Once the flight, uh, once in flight, he lit a cigarette. Don't do that anymore. No. Nope. And ordered a drink from the flight attendant. After receiving and paying for his drink, Cooper passed a note to the flight attendant, which stated that he had a bomb. The note went on to say he wanted $200,000 in $20 bills and two parachutes upon landing in Seattle. Wearing sunglasses, the, mis- uh, the mystery man remained calm and cordial to the flight attendants. Now, this was in 1971. How appropriate that the Libre Studios has sirens going outside yeah. as we read this. This is in 1971 where, obviously, they probably didn't even check your baggage, you know. And, obviously, he was smoking on the airplane. So, this is a totally different time. And who knows what kind of baggage he was carrying. And he only asked for 200000 I mean, well, this, you only have to have, you have to be able to carry it out of the plane. Well. There's a lot to get through. Ready? Yeah. Once on the ground in Seattle, the FBI provided the ransom money, suckers, after hmm. After thoroughly documenting and photographing each of the bills, good two, grief! Two parachutes worth Wait. a lot. That's a lot. Two hundred thousand divided by twenty. Yes. Or, How are they? Uh, I, okay. Here, maybe they had a film camera and they just kind of leafed through the money. I don't know. You dude, can, you don't have time to take pictures. I do not know. Okay. Maybe they traveled to the future and used a scanner <laughs> or to the past. Give him a little extra time. Two parachutes were provided to the hijacker, and the plane was refueled. Upon receiving all of his ransom demands, Cooper released all of the passengers and flight attendants. All who remained on the plane were the pilot, co-pilot, and flight engineer, and one flight attendant. He then instructed the pilots to fly toward Mexico City at 200 miles per hour at an altitude of 10,000 feet. He's cackling. Yeah. He, he knows what he's got to do he's to, very jump, smart. to jump out of this plane. Yeah. The hijacker, uh, the hijacked airliner took off from Seattle at 7.40 p.m. with the flight crew under instructions to stay in the cockpit. Shortly after takeoff, uh, flight attendant M- Mucklow, Mucklow? Mucklow uh, observed the hijacker tying something to his body. At 8 p.m., the rear staircase indicator light came on in the cockpit as the rear staircase of the craft was being lowered manually from inside the aircraft. At 8.13 p.m., with two parachutes and 21 pounds of ransom money in hand, Dan Cooper jumped uh, into history. 
In the days following the hijacking of FBI, uh, the FBI began to investigate, investigate, investigate the crime. A search of the plane yielded very few clues, but it was discovered that before jumping from the aircraft, Cooper had removed his tie. Many witnesses. You don't want to jump with a tie right now. No, you don't want to do that. Well, it's just not the form is bad. True. Uh, Many witnesses were questioned uh, and on a hunch, detectives questioned a Portland, Oregon man named D.B. Cooper. Anxious reporters put the man's name out as a person of interest and the name of D.B. Cooper has been attached to the hijacking and Dan Cooper uh, ever since the crime was perpetrated. With the help from the U.S. Air Force and the FBI, uh, they recreated the jump conditions of the jump and placed his landing in the area around Lake Merwin near Ariel, Washington. The FBI, with the help from state and local law enforcement, the U.S. Air Force and National Guard began to comb the woods. That's a large comb. <laughs> it makes me think of uh, uh, space balls. Space balls, yeah. Um, in the area of the supposed landing site of DB Cooper, the search, the searches, eyewitnesses questioning, eyewitness questioning, suspect lists, and trace of the numbered bills used to pay the ransom failed to yield any leads at all. To this day, the hijacking of Flight 305 by Dan Cooper remains an open case. In 1978, deer hunters in near Castle Rock, Washington, discovered the information uh, placard from the rear staircase of Flight 305. Uh, Castle Rock is located north of Lake Merwin. So Merwin. That, that was the first clue in seven years. First clue. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Check. Got it. In 1980, $5,800 of the ransom money, 290 bills, were found buried in a sandy shore of the Columbia River uh, near Vancouver, Washington, over 20 miles from Lake Merwin. The money was deteriorated and waterlogged, but was still bundled in the original packing over $194,000 or $9,700 bills. They didn't take pictures of that. Uh, From the (laughs) ransom has never been recovered. In... 2008, a piece of parachute found near Amboy, Washington, six miles from Lake Merwin, is believed to be one of the two parachutes that Dan Cooper used in his escape from the hijacked airplane. These items, the money, the placard, and parachute are the only evidence that has ever been located in connection with the crime. So we're, we're up to 2008. From, from 1971 to 2008, yeah. only three real clues right. appeared. Check. <laughs> it wasn't a check. It was cash. Well, we're just checking it off. Yeah. Then in 2011, an Oklahoma City woman, Marla Cooper, came Uh-oh. forward to claim her uncle, Lynn Doyle Cooper, gener- uh, generally known as LD, was D.B. Cooper of the 1971 hijacking. Lynn Doyle Cooper was known to be a huge fan of the French comic book character Dan Cooper, who was a skydiving hero. Mm-hmm. LD was an avid outdoor- outdoorsman and logger who was raised in the small town of Sisters, Oregon. He was very familiar with the Northwest woods and possessed the survival skills skills just gave enough interest there that he could do it That's he could have done it plant just a seed that you could go wow this guy might do it he's possible it's a possibility uh he possessed the survival skills that would be needed to get out of the area following a parachute landing marla cooper believes that he lost control of the money after jumping from flight 305 explaining why the money was never has never made it back into circulation oh can you imagine <laughs> All for nothing. Marla states that LD and another of her uncles uh, left her grandmother's house on the morning of November 24th, 1971, uh, on a turkey hunting trip, but returned on the 25th, bruised and bloody, claiming they have uh, had been in a car crash. 
Shortly after that, L.D. Cooper disappeared and was not seen again by the family ever, ever, ever again. I just had that part. Well, that's true. Uh, in a phone conversation with Ms. Cooper, Miss Cooper, on December 5th, 2011, I gained a lot of insight. Not me, the guy that wrote this. Yeah. I gained a lot of insight into the L.D. Cooper story as well as her feelings on the subject. It should be noted that Miss Cooper is writing a book on the subject. Duh, no doubt. Of course. Therefore, for her protection, uh, we will not reveal some of her sources oh. and omit some information so you'll buy the book. Yeah, exactly. I asked Miss Cooper about Dan Cooper's attitude. He was a jerk. No. no. She, she didn't say that. Uh, he was very polite and cordial to flight attendants, Florence Schaffner, to whom he passed the note and from whom he ordered his drinks. Now, they interviewed her on this other show that we yep. talked about. At no point during the hijack. It, it's interesting to point out that the other show we're discussing came to a totally different conclusion. Completely different. Yep. Uh, at no point during the hijacking uh, was he ever loud, angry, or aggressive towards the passenger or the crew. Miss Cooper uh, relayed to me that he had not been raised that way, but he was raised to rob people. Uh, and it wasn't in him to be that way towards other people. He was a nice, easygoing guy who smiled a lot and liked to uh, rob places. <laughs> we discussed the jump from flight 305 the flight attendant saw the hijacker strapping something to his body just before jumping from the plane miss cooper tells me that it was explained to her by family members that cooper had a problem during the jump and in an attempt to correct the problem the money became untied from his body in the event that any of the money made it to the ground with the hijacker uh he probably suspected that the money had been marked or documented or in the words of miss cooper he just knew that it was wrong Oh, he sure. Just knew he was wrong. That's why he went. Oh, so he had a change of heart after he lost all right, the money. Right. Once you okay. lose the money, you go, well, I can now got to feel bad. Man, I feel bad. Um, she went on to explain that the reports of, uh, of the jump had been misreported. The weather was bad on the night of November 24th, but D.B. Cooper told the pilot at what speed, altitude, and direction to fly. L.D. Cooper worked as a surveyor and knew the area very well. It's been reported that D.B. Cooper jumped over a heavily wooded area when in all actuality he jumped over farmland like any of this matters and he planned to jump uh planned his jump to put himself inside of a six mile area which was only seven miles from the home of ld cooper that's interesting the parachute that was requested by db cooper was not steerable which would make his drop dependent solely on the wind to carry his direction that the same thing happened to uh, edgar Allan poe and his uh his <laughs> balloon Miss Cooper, Cooper told me that 12 months after hijacking, L.D. Cooper disappeared and had no contact with his family. One of his brothers and possibly an accomplice to the hijacking did report that from 1980 to 1985, that contact had been made between L.D. and other family members. However, that brother had his own troubles. He was questioned by law enforcement regarding his involvement in the hijacking shortly after he went uh, he, too, went on the run, making his way to an unspecified location where he remained for a year. Miss Cooper imparted to me that the actions of her uncle were a tragedy and deeply affected her family. With her uncle, L.D., in hiding and another on the run, it took people and uh, it took people and time from her and other family members that could never be regained. He goes on to say, I want to thank Miss Cooper for taking the time to speak with me. Blah, blah, blah. I don't buy any of this crap. You don't really? No, because... First of all, unless they're really leaving something out here, he's taking the word of this lady. Everything's well, on her. she has proof. The other, she sh- says. the other show we watched painstakingly, painstakingly yeah. went through and came to a conclusion where they were really troubled by whether or not they had the right guy, and it seemed like they had the right guy. Yep, and he was alive. Yeah, they tracked him down. Yes, and 
He wasn't happy about it either. Unless, <laughs> no, he wasn't. And unless unless uh, they've got some compelling information that's not here, I just read three pages of blah, blah, blah. No, it's it's interesting. You know, D.B. Cooper, since I was a kid. I love the story. Yeah, the story, because we, you and I both were four years old. when. Uh, well, you were. I was almost four. No, you were four. It was in November of 71. We okay. were both we were four both years four. old okay. when this happened. And I remember, you know, seeing clips. I don't remember any of it until I, I, I heard do about vaguely later. remember it. But then the movie started coming out, the this news specials, and it's just always the 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 planning and everything that went into this. It's funny, they even in, they included the character, they incorporated him into the first season maybe the first two seasons of Prison Break. That's right. Yeah, yeah. I haven't seen that, but I've heard I that. love the first two seasons of Prison Break. That's um, pretty cool. I need to watch that. Yeah, watch the first two and then stop. Stop. Okay. Just watch the first two and stop. <laughs> I already but wrapped it up quick like they did with Lost. It it just gets sad. Lost just, just was great. The first two seasons of Prison Break are awesome. They're like bookends. It's, it, so it, you, it, it comes full circle. Con- okay, so there is conclusion after the second season. There's conclusion at the end of the first season, but then the second season is all about them on the run after they break out. Cool. And then it kind of comes full circle. First two seasons, awesome. Okay. Anything after that, you've been warned. All right. Well. But but uh, they, D.B. Cooper was introduced as a great character. And they uh, What was he doing in prison? Well, he was D.B. Cooper. I mean, he was in prison for something else. Okay. But he let on that he was... Okay. You, you gotta watch it. Okay. I'll, I'll check it out. I highly recommend the first two seasons. I will check it out. It's time for the top ten. It's the Mark Patch top ten. Mark, I always forget to say that. Mark Patch is a winner. He is a winner, winner, chicken dinner. Yep. Top ten classic video games that are great, but not masterpieces that they're claimed to be. Okay, I don't know most of these. I, well, I'll take that back. I don't know some of these. Um, I know I a few disagree of them. with a couple of these. Really? Yeah. Top ten classic video games that are great, but not the masterpieces okay, they claimed. So I'm gonna be. I'm gonna speak to what I know about these. Okay. Number ten, The Elder Scrolls V Skyrim. It's called five. That's the Roman numeral five. Oh, okay. The Elder Scrolls five. Yes. Skyrim. It, it's it's now looks kind of dated because it's been a few years. Graphics have made such advancements, but. Dude, there's a there's a dragon in the very beginning that j- busts through a wall while you're walking up some stairs and about scares the crud out of you. I've never played it. It's a it's a cool game. Okay, but hardcore gamers may have a different opinion. But I think it's it, you can't argue with numbers. Is that what the movie Skyrim was based on? No. With okay, what is Skyrim? It's a movie. It's got it Tom Cruise in it. I don't know. This is like medieval sort of. No, this wasn't. Anyway, number nine. I only know it by name, and I've seen the graphics, but I've never played it. Number nine, the top ten classic video games that are great, but not the masterpieces they're claimed to be. Paper Mario, The Thousand Year Door. I think Paper Mario was a gimmick. I think they they, gave I agree. It, they made it look like paper yeah. graphics. Like, it was, you know, whatever, you know. Number eight of the top ten classic video games that are great, but not masterpieces they claimed to be. Earthbound. Don't know that one. I don't either. Number seven, Super Metroid. Now, I, I, I don't think it's that great. I've played Super Metroid Prime yeah. or one of those, and I, I, I didn't really care for yeah. it. But that doesn't mean it's not good. I just don't, you know. And number six, they can go pound sand. They're number wrong. Six. They're wrong, number six. <laughs> number six, Mortal Kombat Trilogy. There, there's nothing you can... Okay, even Mortal Kombat, Mortal Kombat broke ground. That was like a major... Thing. Well, yeah, I think that's the, that's the classic. It's it's yes, yeah, and and the trilogy. I, unless it's something different, I mean, how do you say that Mortal Kombat's not? I never a masterpiece. It. Well, it's just it was just it was just cool. You know, it was like the first way. Okay, whatever. <laughs> Number five, and this is stupid. That okay, this is. Stupid. I love this game. Yeah. Well, this is stupid. I'll tell you why. Number five of the top ten classic video games that are great, but not the masterpieces they're claimed to be. 
Pong. I love Pong. Here's why Pong. Well, here's why this is a bunch of bunk. Okay. Yes, Pong. If you want to call two sticks and a little bleep across the screen a masterpiece, whatever. But this game, when they put it in a bowling alley, when it first, when they first made the game, yeah, they got complaints that the game was malfunctioning. They got there and found out it was because it was so jam full of quarters, it wasn't working. Wow. So it was malfunctioning. It was malfunctioning because it literally was vomiting up quarters or whatever. It couldn't it couldn't hold anymore. So that alone says it was the masterpiece that it changed everything. Oh, it really did. Yeah. It was it wasn't it the very first home version uh, video game. I, there were there it's pretty close. There was the original Odyssey and I don't know the timeline, but there were I think Pong was like a, a year before the Odyssey. There were some like when we were in elementary school back in the eighteen thirties. Um <laughs> you were. I called up man. WLAC radio AM. We used to listen to WLACA because yeah. FM, I don't think it happened yet. And, Man, you're old. I and I called on a rotary phone. Yeah. It's all and we had. somehow dialed in. My brother and sister were on their bus, and they had the radio playing. Uh, the bus had a radio, and they listened. They heard me win. And I was like, what did I win? I, I called in, and I won. And I, my parents brought it home. It was a video game system. I'd never seen it before. I, I completely I took to it immediately. Sure. Because I'm techie weird like that. Yeah, yeah. And so we plugged it in. And the way you plugged in games back in that time, we, you had two little screws on the back of the TV. Yeah, it wasn't as easy as it is now. And, and you plugged this little box, little fork on the back of the TV. Goes it. The it was yeah. a really, really cool idea. Yeah. It really neat. And it was this Pong game with two paddles. It had like several different games that all looked the same, but it had different names. <laughs> well... Yeah, there was one you could play by yourself. Yeah, and then there was one. I just don't see you know the not masterpieces. Okay, either leave Pong out because it's such a simple game, or give it credit where it's, it's due. a masterpiece. In my give book. it credit where yeah. it's due. All right, number four, top ten classic video games that are great but not the masterpieces they're claimed to be. Number four, Final Fantasy Four. I don't know these games that well. I don't they, again. I know the next. You one. can't argue with success. Yeah, number three. Okay, top ten classic video games that are not as great but the masterpieces. Blah blah blah. Liars. Yeah. Number three, Mario uh, Super Mario sixty four yes. was a masterpiece. Absolutely, it was. It was still is. I'll play it now. I love it. It yeah. was a game when I walked into Toys R Us the, when they first released the sixty four, which by the way is still one of the best game systems. It yeah, took cartridges not because it had to. That's what they chose. It, they this in a game says all the game systems had CDs at this point. Right, they chose to do cartridges, and it was just an amazing system. The Star Wars games are amazing on it, and. When I saw this game at Toys R Us, it was a 3D world. You could spin around, run through the world. It was like, tell me that's not a match. And fun. It was fan. I've actually won a few games I finished. Number awesome. two of the top ten classic video games that are great, but not the masterpieces they are claimed to be, Chrono Talk Trigger. Chrono Trigger. Chrono Talk Trigger Trigger? Chrono Trigger. I don't know what that is. I have no idea. All right. Number one. Do I really have to say that again? Top 10 classic video games that are, not, that are great, but not the masterpieces they claim to be. Number one. Liars. Liars. The Legend of Zelda Ocarina of Time. That is that is That game far. on the 64. Oh, it was on the Nintendo 64. Yeah. That Amazing. game kept me captivated for hours. Absolutely. There's so many hidden secrets. It's just oh my gosh. a I never, mystery. I actually never finished it. <sighs> Amazing game. Incredible. I'm all like upset now. Yeah. That's a terrible list. It was a horrible list. Hey, that was episode 178. Man, that's crazy, isn't it? Yeah, it is. It's all over now. 178. We're getting close to your age matching episode. We're getting close to Alan's age. <laughs> you talking about Heinz? Heinz 57. All right. Well, what was that? 178, we said? Yep. 22 to go. We'll be at 200. We'll float to the light and explode. Grand finale. Grand finale. 
we'll shoot, we're going to shoot Aaron out of a cannon. <laughs> He'll be dressed as one of those little Shriner clowns. I could roll up and be about the size of a cannon. He'll be wearing his Gators jersey. I don't even have a guy. I hate the Gators. There's only one team I hate worse. Auburn? No, that's the only. That's the greatest team ever. You're a big fan of Alabama. Oh, don't even say that. I don't even know anything about sports. I just know how to push buttons. Yeah, you're doing it. All right. I'm going to go. i got to go and do stuff. Really? Like what? Uh, i got stuff to do. You don't know. I don't. You don't know my life. Yeah, like take your chair at all. Whatever. Piper boy. Darn it.